Hello, I'm T.S. Wright, and welcome to the God-Centered Concept. Episode 6, The God-Centered Process, Part 2. I want to say that uh, as we kind of review for just a second, that in the last episode, we talked about really the first part of the process as laid out in Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. And when we are walking through this particular, this particular passage, I want us to understand that in all of this, Jesus is the center and Jesus is the king. And we need to look at him as the roaring lion and we need to look at him as our king as we're listening to him really give his servants, us, the church, our marching orders, but also how to be able to connect with him so that we can understand his will. So with that in mind, let's uh, let's focus back on verse 18, where it says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. So that's what we discussed in the last episode. In this episode, now we go to the next part of verse 18. White garments, so that you may be clothed and your shameful nakedness not exposed. So Jesus here is explaining that not only do we need to buy gold, which we know represents his truth, but now we also have to understand that we have to buy white garments from him so that we can be clothed and our shameful nakedness not be exposed. So this incorporates and kind of encompasses a lot of different aspects. I'm going to first say that just in a general sense, it's talking about that we have to clothe ourselves in the blood of Jesus to purify us from our sin. And we have to, we have to embrace that. And when we embrace the truth, that that leads to us embracing this, but we have to do that by an act of our will. We have to receive him. So in that aspect, that is, that is really the message of the gospel. But there's another piece to this because understand here, Jesus is talking to a church. He's talking to the, to this church of this age. And when he's discussing this and he's talking to John about this, and explaining it is a, probably a better way to say it. What's happening here is, is that he is giving John a depiction of this part of the process. And he's saying that these are believers. Okay, these are, these are people who are at least claiming his name. So he is telling them that they need to embrace God's holiness. Notice I didn't say our holiness. Or our purity. I said God's holiness and God's purity. God defines righteousness. God defines purity. And that is what we are to follow. The world is going to tell us a lot of different things. And it's going to give us a lot of mixed messages. But we have to first understand that first part, it always goes, everything always goes back to that. The truth. Which is what the gold represents. Our purity goes back to the truth. And we always have to link that back. Anytime we go wrong, the first thing we need to know is make sure that we are embracing God's truth, that we're not embracing something else. Because if we're embracing something else, that's going to lead to a breakdown in everything else. It always starts 
with the truth and how God is the authority and that his truth is the only truth. So, and it is spoken both through his spirit and in his word. So as we're putting on these white garments, as we're understanding what these white garments are, the, the word white in the Bible represents purity. And what, what it is, is he's describing believers here that are walking around and not walking in the spirit is really what he is saying. They're, they're walking according to the flesh. So what we're getting into here is really kind of our, our appetites, so to speak, our, our flesh or fleshly deeds where we're being guided by the flesh versus the spirit. So anytime that we're thinking about that, I always, for some reason, I always go back and it just automatically hits me to go to Galatians. The book of Galatians, um, obviously as a letter written by Paul, it talks a lot about purity, but it really talks about the whole battle, especially when we get into chapter five, it really talks about the entire battle between the flesh and the spirit and how they are in conflict with each other. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pick up on verse 16 here, and I'm going to just go through this pretty quickly. You can also go to Romans chapter eight, verses nine through 11, Ezekiel 36, 16 through 38. We'll also lay that out for you. But, and there's many other uh, passages, obviously in both the old and new Testament, but here we go. Let's, let's start with Galatians five chapter or chapter five, verses 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh clay craves what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy, and rage, rivalries, divisions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. So, as we're looking at that, that, that is a just a description of the entire battle between the flesh and the spirit. It's really what that is describing. And when we come back to Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, then that's really what this is discussing. You see, and, and we'll, in a later episode, talk about the fruits of the spirit. But fruit is a byproduct that comes off of the vine that we get to eat at the end of the game here. Okay, once everything is done, we get to at the end of the harvest. That's what is developed. So the fruits of the Spirit, people like to try to pursue those. But the truth is, that's not how we get those. We don't pursue them. We pursue God. He is the vine and, and we are the branches and then the branches bear the fruit. Well, what happens is, is that when we pursue God, he leads us to everything else that will produce the fruit. We have to abide in Christ. So understand that as 
we're not going to pursue the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to let the fruits of the Spirit develop in us naturally because we follow God's truth. That's it. And it will naturally develop in us. So let's go back to these white garments. God's holiness is above all things on earth. It is. And in heaven. His holiness, think of it as a standard. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a standard that we cannot live up to in and of ourselves. But we need the power of the Spirit in us to do so. Our flesh is weak. Our flesh craves, and it craves selfishly. And it craves apart from the will of God. But the Spirit changes our hearts so that we will crave the things of God and not the things of this world. So when we, when we break this down, we are really turning our back against the desires of the world and the desires of the temporary, and that we are putting our faith in the truth and holiness of God. All right. That is what this is saying here. And we're going to cloak ourselves and to cloak ourselves in that, to be clothed in it means we are going to wear it from head to toe. Think of it as you putting on a hat for you females, you're putting on your, your spiritual makeup, your, your, all this stuff, the clothes, the shoes, the socks, all pieces of this, and you're going to completely clothe yourself in purity. And it's not just purity from sexual impurity or greed or things like that, but it's all of it. And it's, it's about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the purity of the spirit that he brings upon us. And he's the one that makes us righteous. Okay, our righteousness does not compare to God's, but we have to walk in his and it's about surrendering to the spirit in our daily walk. I heard it this way one time to really, truly walk in purity. You have to focus and live in the spirit moment by moment. Each moment matters. You know, I used to tell my players when I was coaching, every possession matters. The details matter. The pass that you just made matters. If you're a football coach. That block, that lead blocker has to block, but so does the secondary blocker to create the hole for the running back or the quarterback or to create the space for the quarterback and throw to the receiver. It's the same thing. If you're in a band and you're playing music, those details matter. Well, guess what? Our details matter in our walk with God. To walk in purity is really about a moment-by-moment, step-by-step walking with the Spirit. If we go back to Galatians, as we were just reading there, in Galatians, guess what? What does it say? Right here in verse 25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. Some versions will say, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That means it's continuous. It doesn't stop. Just because we crucified the flesh, those appetites are here today, and then we deal with them. Well, guess what? They're going to be back tomorrow, and they're going to be back the next day. They may be back later this afternoon. We have to deal with our appetites, okay? And we're going to, we're going to have, we have processes that we're going to discuss later, how to specifically deal with these things, what causes this. But I'll, but I will tell you this, we have natural things in built inside of us that are meant to be connected to God. But when we get those confused and we try to connect those and use the world and connect those to things of the world to fulfill us. That's where we run into problems. That's where we don't walk in the spirit. So we have to really trust God, his word, and his spirit in us to be able to be able to see clearly the things. 
that's that's coming and the things that are going to hinder us all right from being in that state of holiness and walking in purity with him so as we dive deeper into this subject and we will in a later episode remember white garments represent purity they represent cloaking yourself in purity and we have to put them on and it's from head to toe and that way we can cover our flesh and really our flesh is what's evil we want to cloak ourselves in that purity of god so I always say this, and, I, and I've said this, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. The fruits of the Spirit really are a sign when those things are happening, those things are coming out in you, that's a sign that you're walking in the Spirit. It's kind of like, I'll be honest with you, sin. When somebody is committing a sin, that sin is not the problem. That sin is the symptom of the real problem. It is just simply a symptom. Okay, it is an outward showing of what's really happening inside of a person. It is the primary result. It is the fruit itself. So if the things that are coming out in us are lined up with the fruit of the spirit, then we are walking in the spirit. And that is just a sign. They're just they are the symptom in some ways. They're the consequences, what they are of walking with God. So we will actually have an entire episode where we talk about these fruits later on as part of a process. But for now, just know this. If you're walking it, when you walk in the fruit of the spirit, we should, we don't need to pursue those things. Those things will naturally come out of us as fruit. When we walk in the power of the spirit, the key is that we have to submit ourselves to the power of the spirit. And we do that by obeying the spirit. Obedience is such an aspect, and this is something I want to hit on hard here. Surrendering your willpower is the key in all of this to, to walking in purity. It is, am I going to follow the world and its systems, or am I going to submit myself to God in his ways and his will? And he's laid that out pretty clearly for us. I mean, if we're truly in his word and we are living in, in really the, the type of setting and, and developing the type of culture around us that we should, then it will help us to walk in the spirit. It'll make it easier for us to do so. And it, and it basically just means that we're surrendering our will to his will and that we're trusting his will. Look. At the end of the day, all sin is easy to define. It is anything that we do or don't do apart from the will of God that's not inside his will. You know, it's not just a bunch of lists of do's and don'ts and you're going to be struck down when you sin. All right. That's not necessarily what this looks like. Okay. But what it is, it's a, it's a moment by moment continually surrendering your willpower to God's will. That means he is my king. I am his servant. I'm going to do what he wants me to do, even when I don't feel like it. Which gets me to this next part. And remember this statement. God's will over our fill. Okay? What we feel, okay? What we feel, our feelings, 
don't matter when compared to God's will. It needs to take a step back. When our feelings are not in alignment with God and his will, something's wrong. Something's very wrong. And we are getting ready to take off our white garments and our shameful nakedness is going to be exposed. His will over our feel. Whatever we're feeling in life, we need to always look at God's will and his word and see where our feelings and his and, and how his will are aligning. If they are not in alignment, my feel is what's wrong, not God's will and not God's word. So we have to submit to that. We have to submit to and we submit to his authority. So again, this piece right here is is such an enormous piece of our of our processing and walking with God. If we truly want to hear his voice, if we truly want to be led in his will and we want to understand his will and understand his plan for us, this is the second part in the process. Once we have totally embraced his truth, and this always goes back to embracing his truth, then we have to be willing to walk in his holiness. And that means submitting to his spirit and submitting to his word. He is the ultimate authority. He is the final judge. He is the final decision maker in our lives. And so that purity thing is, this is such a big, a big piece of it. And, and to truly walk in it, we have to embrace his truth, which we talked about in episode in the last episode in part one of this, but we also, we have to choose moment by moment sometime and, and really to look at our feelings, evaluate them. Are they in alignment with God's will? And if they're not, then we need to take that back to the to the Lord so we walk in the Spirit. And He will change our feelings. Our feelings are fluid, okay? They change. They can be changed. God's will does not change. God does not change. His vision for, for hum, humanity, His vision of heaven, everything that He's created, all pieces of this, and the way that He wants this does not change. It's our feelings that need to change. And our feelings change by continually submitting to his will. After we do that over a period of time, then what will happen is, is our feelings will change. They will. And they will be more reflective of God's will. And that takes time. And we have to be patient with that process. Because sometimes that doesn't just happen right away. You know, we've been conditioned by our culture, the world, our flesh, to think in a certain way. And to feel in, and that leads to feeling in a certain way. Well, to undo that, we got to continually dive into God's word, and we have to stay there every moment. And we've got to we've got to make a conscious effort to do that and keep in step with the Spirit, even when it doesn't feel good, even when our feelings aren't aligning. Just remember, God's word and God's will trump. They basically they are they need to be above our feelings. And he will change those over a period of time by submitting to his authority. So what I want to do is I want you to embrace this statement again. I'm going to say it again. God's will over our feel. And is my are my feelings in alignment with God's will and his word? So just think through that process and, and take some time to reflect on that. Because as you do, and you ask God to reveal things to you that are not in alignment with his will, he will bring them to you. 
All right. I'm just, I'm going to say it right here. If you truly are committed to this process, if you commit to this process, I promise you the end of this is going to bear good fruit. Those fruits of the spirit will start coming out in you and your feelings will change and you will start aligning yourself more to God's will and you will ignore your own things. Okay. You'll start putting those things behind you and you will start following the will of God. And it'll become easier and easier as we as we go along. It comes easier all the time if we continually do it. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to be tested along the way. There's not going to be some moments that are tough. And there is still going to be some moments here and there that we fail. But again, we can turn right back to the Lord. As soon as we realize that, as soon as we feel that conviction of sin, we turn right back to the Lord and we get right back in step with him. We don't, we don't continue venturing off the path. So what we want to do here is really embrace God's holiness and really embrace his purity. And we want to put on those white garments. So now that we've embraced the truth and now we put on the white garments, all right, so that we can be clothed. Our next piece is that we've got to understand vision. Okay. How do we clear our vision so that we can totally see God and his will? All right, and that's what our next episode is going to cover. So I'm going to leave you with this challenge today. Ask yourself this, and it's it's really what I said before. I'm just reiterating this. Are my feelings in alignment with God's word and his will? Thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.